forgot my line. It, dude, it to- I, I counted you down. I, I counted you down, dude. I know. Welcome to Tall and Short with Tim and Tony. I'm Tony? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're Tony. Tony yeah. And I'm I Tim. This. I got this. That's right. Come on. It, it's, it's only been five months, six months, five, five months. Yeah, about that time. Something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, to the audience, it's going to just be, you know, a week and everything. But for us, it has been months. Peek behind the curtain, everybody. And a lot has happened, actually, in between episode nine and now for both of us. A lot. <laughs> yeah. Tony, especially, he has... By the way, congratulations. He has Thank brought you. in a new life into the world. Yep. It's it's a whole six months old as of Friday, actually. <laughs> Good God, I don't remember what sleep is like. Please tell me, Tim, what is it like? You're asking a guy who works nights now. Yeah, I, I know. I, you're, you're talking to a, you're talking to us. You're talking to somebody who was a day bird has now become nocturnal. Yeah, hot I, meat kettle. Exactly. I don't know what's. I don't know what a normal sleep schedule is anymore. No, absolutely not. <laughs> no. I think oh, most of our conversations now are at like four thirty in the morning when I'm going to work and you're coming home from work. That's roughly it. <laughs> That's <laughs> That's so. Welcome to adulthood, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it be. But I'm not going to lie. So we've had a few episodes out now. At the time of this recording, episode three, Rasputin, has come out. And I've had some positive feedback from some coworkers of mine, as well as a few strangers on the Internet, which has been pretty awesome. Like, it's been makes me feel good. Yeah, it's actually legitimately surprising because my expectations for anything are ground floor like like keep your expectations low you're never disappointed yeah but it's also like sometimes nice to raise them a little just yeah but i mean i think our first video as of right now on youtube has 40 45 views which that's 45 50 more than i was expecting so that's at the time of this recording by the time it's come out by the time time this has come out we've got like a million views and we've got like endorsement deals and all that obviously oh absolutely without a doubt (laughs) I'm, yeah. I'm being sponsored by Ben Gay for my knees. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So okay. So if I remember correctly, because I've lost my memory on everything now, because children. But before we do that, I actually did want to tell you something. Oh no! One of the people in a chat that I'm a part of in Discord, mm-hmm. um, I shared the episode on the Wendigo. And they actually said, "Hey, um, you can you can show this just fine, but could you please like put a spoiler on that and censor the W word? Because I'm indigenous and I don't want to run into stuff like this. Oh, so these are so I'm like I'm like absolutely. So I <laughs> we did. legit have real world effects. <laughs> so I legitimately did that. I was like, yeah, no problem. I I was more than happily to do that because yeah, I yeah. I'm a skeptic into some of the stuff, but I will respect the, oh, the yeah. cultures and the yeah, beliefs absolutely. on this. But it just made me go." People actually still believe this in 2023, and I thought, one, that's awesome, but two, two that's also very scary, like the very thought of a yeah. creature like that actually existing. existing. Yeah. yeah, Jesus Christ, yeah. That's, uh, I mean, for the podcast, that's awesome, because, I mean, someone's paying attention and listening enough to where they're like, hey, whoa, hang on, that's, and they're voicing concern to a creator. Yes, and two, that's just, that's cool that someone's paying attention to our podcast at all. <laughs> well, it was It's also, not background noise for someone. Well, yeah, it was, it was yeah, I mean, the title was Wendigo. Yeah. So, so they didn't have to that's just watch it. Cool. That's, that's really cool. That's, so that's the little surprise you were holding out on me. Yeah. Nice. I, I dig it. That's awesome. Okay. So. Per our agreement, when we started this sh- show, sh- show. <laughs> need a moment there. <laughs> As per our agreement at the beginning of this shit show, every five episodes you get to try and creep me out with a bizarre serial killer. Mm-hmm. And since we've did the first episode over Killer Granny, correct, yeah, Killer Nan- Granny, Nanny Doss, back in episode Nanny five. Doss, thank you. Um, I've actually started watching a couple of, you know, Netflix, the plethora of serial killer documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've started watching a few and I've tried to ease my 
discomfort with some of these interesting upstanding folks. Upstanding, yeah. Upstanding, yes. Funny you say upstanding. That's with with my guy, with uh, this guy. I'm not even. That's funny you actually say that and you say that off the bat. Oh my god. I don't like where this is going. Okay, I will say this. A warning at the top of the show before I get into the... Meat. You can just turn this episode off, skip to the next one, it's much better. Before, I, I promise. <laughs> yeah, before I get into the meat of this episode... Uh, this Is that ep- another pun? This episode will feature blood, gore, and violence. Men- heavy mentions of it. So if you're not into that, that's not going to hurt my feelings. I do understand that. You can skip this episode, it's okay. Can I skip this episode? No, Tony, you're the only <laughs> exception. <laughs> Everybody else, everybody else, I have that written down too. It says, Tony, you're the only exception. Right in my fucking script. I hate you. <laughs> I knew you were going to say, can I leave? I saw that ahead, man. But otherwise, if you want to continue listening, hop aboard, you sick fucks. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> That's not how we get viewership, man. That's not how we get viewers and subscribers. I am on two hours of sleep and chaotic caffeinated goblin energy. So uh, we're kind of there, buddy. Go ahead. Also, I do have our I do oh, have our shit. tall the and short file. case files. Fuck it's you. at here. <laughs> yeah, that's the case file is back open, Tony. Oh, and shit. I will say this: by the end of this episode, it may change you to vegetarian. <laughs> but we'll see. I've got a bag of burgers right here. Uh oh. Okay, today <laughs> we're going to be talking about a German serial killer by the name of Karl Denke who is often called the Forgotten Cannibal, as well as the Cannibal of Zabitza. <laughs> Pizza's Italian. And don't worry, we'll unwrap a lot of, you know, why that whole thing when we get to it. Besides the killer himself, we're also going to be covering the possible reasons as to why Denke killed, some of the grisly details found by the police after he was arrested, how he became forgotten, and how he managed to get brought back into the modern memory. Not to mention the dangers of cannibalism. <laughs> there's a lot here i have a bad the dangers of it's cannibalism that's the danger there <laughs> I, what are you gonna get a sodium overdose from eating billy too much like, mm. <laughs> before we get started uh, a good portion of his murders actually happened during germany's interwar period during the weimar republic oh okay yeah so world war one it was pretty rough on the germans the treaty of versailles definitely kicked them pretty hard with a yeah. with a 132 billion gold mark bill mm-hmm. which would have been the equivalent of 500 billion usd in 2019 there are pictures of children playing with bricks of money because it was so worthless i actually do have i actually have One photos of those for pictures. you yep. i have I have quite a few photos, actually, pertaining to that that I'm going to be sending to you, just because they are... It's insane to me. I got the first ones going to you. There we go. <laughs> Should probably do turn that off there, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah, what, yeah he, we heard the buzz, everybody. Don't worry. I'm going to keep talking while you look at them. Yeah, I, the, I, the third one I remember seeing yep. a few times, actually. But not only, yeah. but not only with the 500 million billion usd germany also lost millions of people both Mm -hmm. soldiers and civilians alike because of the war and they were also dealing with hyperinflation from printing enormous amounts of paper money which made the german mark worthless yeah like absolutely absolutely worthless i think people kindling and wallpaper yeah they used it for kindling and wallpaper one of the photos i sent you the second one is somebody using it for wallpaper the fact that you're using your own money. Which is funny, because nowadays, if you found a German mark from that era, it'd probably be worth a lot. Oh, big time. Like, just that one survived all of that. Mm-hmm. So, it's kind of, uh, ironic. Isn't that ironic? It's kind of fitting how we're dealing with some heavy inflation today as well. Like, it's got, it feels yeah, like... Yeah, don't, t- don't get me talking about Colorado gas money. Let's not talk about that nowadays. Like, I had to fill my truck up earlier, and that... And the third picture I sent you is, um, it would take wheelbarrows worth of cash mm-hmm. just to buy anything as simple as meat or bread. Yeah. Meat would be essentially, uh, insanely expensive. 
Yeah. And this would be on a day-to-day, hour-to-hour, minute-to-minute basis. One minute, bread would be four, mil- four million marks. The next, ten million. Like, Shh. it would shoot up and down but insanely. There was no regulation. Then there was, obviously, housing issues, with many people being unable to afford their homes due to all the inflation. Or just due to the fact that people are still recovering from bombing. That, too. And repairs for houses, I'm sure, aren't very cheap either at that point. And especially when it is in a hyperinflation market. Mm-hmm. And, but this isn't what started Denke's cannibalism, but the results may have helped him out a bit. Brief side note to go with this, to go on a happy note before we get into uh, not-so-happy notes, Germany managed to finally pay off that staggering debt 92 years later on October 3rd, 2010 which was also the 20th anniversary of the reunification of Germany. They actually paid that off? 92 years later. Wow. 92 years later. Whoo! Which, and after, 20 years after Germany was reunified. East and West Berlin. Yeah. That's insane. I thought that was just a fun little detail. I mean, that's just dedication on the German people. <laughs> oh, big time. Like, da, we will pay this debt. Yeah. Da. Also. We will sell you Porsches. <laughs> now, on to Karl Denke himself. Karl Denke was born on August 12, 1870 in, o- in Oberkunzendorf in the Kingdom of Prussia, which has since been named, changed names to Zabitza, Poland. I'm going to get into a lot of this. A lot of name changing. <laughs> I'm going to also going to I'm also going to go with that date because I went through several different sites including Wikipedia for a base timeline. I don't I use Wikipedia just for that like a base hey, timeline. Hey, 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 you went to college, you can't use Wikipedia as a source. I know, right? <laughs> I use everything else and then I then collaborate all the info with other sources and then, you know, yeah, t- you know, build the timeline. What you're supposed to do with yeah. the with a story like this. And, but some said his birthday was in February, was in February 1860, others said 1866, but, and they, they changed up, and so they're, so the most reliable sources that I could come across kept saying 1870, so I stick with it, 1870, August, and records about his childhood were pretty difficult. I imagine. Yeah, mostly because of, you know, poor record keeping back then, as well as, or wiping everything out. As well as history changing hands in the area and the times that he was living in. So, yeah, obviously. The, so there was a lot that was going on. From what has been gathered by uh, about all this, uh, most of his childhood, as I mentioned, is unknown, but he likely had a fairly decent childhood, being the son of successful German farmers. Oh, yeah. He probably had to work a little bit for it, but... Yeah, likely. He also had several siblings whose name I couldn't find. Again, records. Yep. Allegedly, he was a very quiet and soft-spoken child for most of his life, but he was still a little troublesome by running away from home every now and then after he had turned 12. So he'd just run away from school <laughs> or home, then the police would have to bring him back, and it was just the whole thing. It was like, all right, Carl Denke's gotten out again. Let's go get him. <laughs> That's... Also, pardon my terrible German accent. Da, da. <laughs> Wait, that was Russian, wasn't it? Yeah. That's... It's eh, supposed to be cool. ya. It's supposed to be ya. That's yeah, close enough. Russia, Germany, it's the same. Politics, politics. The Germans are great people. Now. Continue. Now then. It is also likely that Denke was not a very good student in school either. I mean, he was running away from school a lot, but... Oh, yeah, he didn't... He was too busy running. Yeah, but the... I mean, his teachers openly called him an idiot. He was also... I mean... (laughs) We have Dr. Crow, so... Nah. (laughs) (laughs) Nah, they they just... they They outright called him an idiot, and he was also this weird loner who moved and spoke slowly. Almost like a like he had a speech impediment or something. I don't know. I'm getting real Forrest Gump vibes from this man. Ah, uh, you're going to not have those Forrest Gump, Gump vibes after a while. <laughs> I mean, spoke slowly, constantly ran, 
<laughs> Quiet. <laughs> oh my god. Oh god. Yeah, Forrest Gump took a dark turn. Oh man. No, no. Okay, that's funny. Forrest dumped the body in the forest. Ah boy. You know, but somehow he managed to graduate elementary school shortly after, and he soon became the apprentice to a gardener, which seemed to really do well for him as he made a very good living living as a gardener and a landscaper. Because back then, you know, gardening, it wasn't what we see yeah, nowadays. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't it, display gardening. It was gardening. It was your landscapers. Yeah. That was that was the job. But he was uh, he was still very much a loner at this point, And, I mean, you kind of are if you're not properly socialized. Uh-huh. Like, if you're socialized and you're ostracized and you are uh, called an idiot by your teachers, yeah, you're going to just want to stay alone. Well, what you do is you end up making a podcast with one of your friends in college, and then it's, uh, oh, what's his name? Pot, hey, bud. Hey, pot buddy. kettle. Pot kettle, yeah, mister. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he would apparently rent rooms out when he owned a home, I'm not mistaken, but okay. he barely interacted with the other tenants, or any tenants that he was a landlord to. Just really kept to himself. Very private man. That's fair. I, re- I respect that part. I feel like I'm not going to respect much else after nope. this point. I am pretty sure that his family was also very happy when he had left the family farm and had actually you know, Pro- gone to his own. Yeah, probably so. I mean, being, what with the, being a problem child and all the acting up in school and running away, so. Yeah. And then, uh, by the time he turned 25, his father had passed away, and his older brother had inherited the family farm, while Carl himself got a sizable inheritance. I couldn't find the amounts of how much he got, but it was a pretty good inheritance, apparently. I mean, if it's good enough to survive back then. Yeah. And for his parents, <laughs> and for his parents' deaths and funerals, apparently he didn't even cry. Carl didn't shed one Oof. tear for his parents. So, kind of got a red flag there. There's your first real hard red flag. No, I mean, I'm no, I'm not a psychiatrist or a psychologist. I barely took any of those when I was in college. I'm not going to even try to be an expert. But kind of a possible sign towards psychopathy right there. Just... Yeah. yeah, definitely leaning towards something not in a good vibe. Yeah. I mean, hell, he may just not have cared. Yeah. He may have I mean, like... he may have not liked his parents at all, but shed a tear? But again... Crocodile tear, at But again, least? we don't know. Yeah. And, as I also mentioned, we don't know how much, but it had to be pretty good since the Denke farm was very successful. And I actually made me want to, maybe I had a question for you, Tony. What would you do if you inherited a large amount of money? How much are we talking? Because there's a lot of cars that are really expensive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, let's say you inherit um, a good seven figures. I'm just going to keep it simple, like a good seven figures. So like a million, so like, you know, a million plus. Bugatti Veyron. Bugatti Veyron. <laughs> That's a good one. No, I uh, if I was intelligent about it, um, renovate my house, well, probably get a new house and then air, like Airbnb rent out my current house. Yeah. Buy a pretty decent car, you know, buy a pretty decent motorcycle, you know, get myself up to... Uh, upper middle class standard, I guess. I feel and you. then sort of pocket the rest of the money and you know invest it or save it, you know something with it. I'd put it towards mm-hmm. your kid's college fund. Yeah, well, that's actually already covered, but that's a whole different story. So. Yeah, ignoring that. <clears throat> but, but yeah, it, I would just I would do. I wouldn't go crazy if I was single and I was by myself. Oh, I <laughs> I'd be living in my very nice Ferrari. <laughs> oh but, yeah. But yeah, now that I'm married and have have a six six month old goblin sitting at home <laughs> yeah i mean renovate yeah you know upper middle class myself i would i would definitely want to have like a nice victorian style mansion of course you would and with a good with a good sized lawn kind of like away from everything like like you've seen bob's burgers right yeah uh mr fish odors. mr fish odors house hell mr fish odors land like he has that he has all that land hell, that mr long... fish odors outfit the whole thing, sir, yes. <laughs> yes, Burger Bob, hello. Yes, hello, Bob Burger. 
Mrs. Burger. Oh, God. <laughs> so I know what you need to dress up for as Halloween. I, if I were to shave my face. Oh, is hair. this our Halloween episode? Oh, it is! Oh, This shit. episode falls on Halloween! Happy anniversary to me. Happy I anniversary think. to you, and yes. happy Halloween, everybody. What better way to celebrate Halloween than talking about a serial killer? <laughs> I mean, candy? Um, candy bullism? Get out. <laughs> We're in my place right now, Buster. I don't care. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So... Denki decided to use some of that money to buy some land and begin farming because, you know, follow in the father's footsteps. He of learned course. how to... Kind of would. He wound up being a terrible farmer, believe it or not. That sounds about right. And in doing so, he sold up... He sold the land in the process. Just to... He then used... Yeah. He then used that money to buy a two-story home that also had a shed in... That also had a shed in the back. Oh, great. Well, I know where that shed's going. In the town of Munsterberg. Which wasn't too far from his birth town. Carl would rent out a couple of the rooms to his tenants, to tenants, just so that way, you know, a little extra money. Yeah, a little pocket change. Oh, excuse me. Hmm. And it was in Munsterberg that Carl Denke was described as a pillar of the community. You mentioning upstanding earlier. He was well liked. He would allow travelers and vagrants to stop and rest at his home. He was a deeply religious man and was known to play the organ at the local church on several occasions. You're describing Forrest Gump. <laughs> he was even called Papa Denke or Vater Denke by some of the townspeople for his generous and caring nature. I don't like where this is going. People also seemed to enjoy him because he didn't drink and he had no interest in women. But this might have been due to misogynistic attitudes he held more than anything. Which... Yeah, that tracks for the time. Kind of tracks. Late 1800s, very... Leading into the 1900s now yeah, at almost, this point. Yeah, almost boring into the 1900s, yeah. Yep. Denke also owned a little shop in a nearby market where he would sell meat and leather goods. It was also at this house, both before and after World War I, that he would enact his horrible acts of murder and cannibalism, which all started in 1903. Mm -hmm. Now, for unknown reasons, Denki just decided to kill. Was it due to having a split personality? Was he always a bad guy who finally let his intrusive thoughts take over? Was he a sociopath? We don't really know. What we do know is that Carl Denke kept a written ledger of his victims, with the first entry being Ida Lawner in 1903. Well, I mean, props for him being organized about it, uh -huh. I guess? Uh, not much to go off of on who Ida was, but they were likely a vagrant traveling from town to town. Because it said that he welcomed travelers and vagrants. Yeah, so... so. We don't know Definitely. how he we don't know how he killed her either, but we're gonna move ahead now to six years later, in 1909, when Carl kills again, also thanks to that ledger entry. This victim was 25-year-old Emma Sander in 1909. Her disappearance and murder would actually be pinned on another local man, Edward Troutman, who would remain in jail for over a decade until the true circumstances oh, of her death came to light. No one suspected Carl Denke in the least. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Edward Troutman was, after he was released, he was given, like, a massive pardon, as well as, like, a very large check. Oh, I'm sure. That was like, you know, sorry for the... Sorry for the ten years of your life we just took off of you. Yeah. Sorry There's... for the ten years. Sorry for, you know, all the horrible everything, pitting <laughs> you for... You're an innocent man, here you go. I mean, that's more than most people get nowadays. Yeah. So. God, that's still rough. Big time. Things seemed to stay quiet for Carl for a while. Until 1918, when he had to sell off his house because he couldn't afford it due to the high inflation, as I mm -hmm. mentioned earlier. There it is. He was stubborn and he refused to leave, so he instead lived in and rented a ground floor apartment at the very house he used to own. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. That's gotta feel weird. He was also allowed to, uh, to keep the shed, still. It's probably... And despite losing all his money and inheritance, a low inflation, mm -hmm. he was still seen as lower class. Lower middle class, that is. Ouch. Yeah. And then, you know, 
the last for the last six years of his life from 1918 to 1924, Dan K volunteered at a homeless shelter. Oh, I'm gonna oh no. I'm gonna speculate here oh just no. because just because it might be it's a speculation. We don't know it, and again, he's dead, so he's way dead by this point. Um, he may have used it as a means of looking for potential victims. Uh, uh yeah, big time. I I I dare say that's almost not even speculation. That's there's, but just for just for you know potential legal yeah. thing like gotta save speculation. Oh yeah, but you know these are the lower dregs of life. You know they won't be missed. That sort of thing. Yeah, that's absolutely. The, which is kind of what happens with a lot of serial killers, as I've listened to and seen documentaries and podcasts about them. It's always the homeless and the people who are sex workers. The yeah, people homeless, who will, sex workers. People who won't be missed. Just legitimately yeah. who have no who have no safety net. Yeah, or Which, have no family that know where they're at. Uh-huh, that too. Like hikers, you know, campers, you know, people in the woods, you know. The old the old trope of the teenagers at the at the summer camp. Yeah, big like, time. Absolutely. Uh it was especially during this six-year time period that Denke's killing began to ramp up. When the police found the ledger, they managed to find roughly 30 names. But there is suspicion there may, he may have killed more. Good God. Ah, uh, we're about to come to a head. So, as I said, everything came to a head with Denke on December 21st, 1924. Just a few days before Christmas. He is finally arrested for murder, and here's how it happened. There was a drifter by the name of Vincennes Oliver. He had come to Munsterberg for work, and as, as most young men do, especially yeah. in 1924, the war is over and, you know, traveling from town to town, yeah. looking to any bit of work that they can do. Just a yeah. traveling hobo. Yeah. Yeah. He had heard about Carl Denke, who, due to the town, had a reputation of providing lodging and food despite his economical status. Seen as this, you know, very good person. Yeah. Vincennes arrives at Denke's door and asks for food in the bed. Denke invites him inside and begins to ask questions like, Are you a stranger here? Does anyone local know you? Are you looking for work? How would you pair with onions and bread? <laughs> okay, Are that... you more of a red or a white wine? Okay, that last one was me, but, you know. I couldn't resist. I feel like he pro- he might have leaned into that at one point or another. Like, like roast beef or chicken better? <laughs> Denke said he needed help with drafting a letter. And, you know, asked if he had good penmen And asked if Vincennes had good penmanship. Vincennes said his handwriting wasn't good, but it was legible nonetheless. Yeah. Which, you know, that's fine. And that was actually a major thing back then for a lot of people. Because oh, yeah. some people couldn't write. They... Either their hands were really fucked up or just they didn't know how to write. But they could dictate, and that's what some people were really good at, was just writing for dictation. Denke had offered to pay 20 fennig for this, which was just enough to buy some food. And 20 fennig is not a lot, I would say. I would say maybe... Just a couple of bucks. Yeah, probably USD. five, six bucks. I didn't even. Tr- I didn't even try to look into. Yeah, a, that's that's an old currency that, that doesn't even exist anymore. That's such an old currency. I didn't even. I didn't even try to look into what it could have been. Denke likely had used this method on previous victims, by the way. Oh yeah. Because it puts them in a state of focus that also left them vulnerable. Mm-hmm. He apparently he was also cooking a meat stew and offered a bowl to the starving Vincennes before he got to writing. I have no doubt that that stew was people. With full stomachs now, Denke put Vincennes to work. Denke got up and started pacing behind Vincennes while he dictated out the letter, starting off with, Dear Adolf, you fat slob. Or fat belly. Translations are fun. (laughs) I just think that's such a funny... Wait, Dear Adolf, you fat bitch. (laughs) Just the just the thought. <laughs> you Dear Mr. Hitler. Oh gosh. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, fuck Hitler. <laughs> but anyway. Vincennes was distracted and looking down at the paper as one is to do yeah, when they're writing. You, yeah. So Carl grabs a pickaxe 
What he didn't expect was Vincennes to lean back up and turn around. Vincennes managed to move out of the way just in time, but did suffer a large gash on his forehead, and the pickaxe got stuck into the table. This stunned Vincennes for a bit, but he wasn't out yet. The two- (laughs) Excuse me, sir, what are you doing? The two fight and struggle, with Vincennes screaming for help, and eventually he got out of Dinke's grip and residency, screaming for help with blood pouring out of his forehead. This attracted neighbors and a traveling coachman, as well as the police. Well, obviously. Mm -hmm. I would hope. Oh, yeah. Vincennes ran to the police station and told his account of what happened. But the police initially disregarded the account due to Denke's good reputation in the town. Mm -hmm. Some people thought that, you know, Denke was defending himself from Vincennes. You know, outsider against the established man sort of situation. But, and so Vincennes was arrested for vagrancy, but he doesn't go back on about what happened between him and and Carl. He was so, I mean, you got a pickaxe across the head. Of course, you're going to be dazed. You're going to be like, I I need a minute. Give me a second. Let me uh, collect my thoughts here that they're spilling out. But the police were like, you know, we might as well go do that. Might as well question him. So they went and investigated Denki and they brought him in for questioning. The police want to take Vincennes back to help recreate the scene, see if the stories can add up, uh-huh. you know, just to make sure. Denke went quiet and didn't continue answering any questions after he, after they said, we're going to take Vincennes Oliver back to your place. He just went silent. Ooh. That right there is selling something. Yeah. Not long after being placed in a holding cell and before the police had even set foot in his home, Denke was found dead. He'd hung himself in his cell. Wow. That's no no faith in your own cover-up story. <laughs> some sources say Jeez. he some sources say he used a handkerchief, others say he used suspenders. Either way, this monster of a man was dead. Now my thing is <laughs> Let me just say something real quick. Shoot. So he used suspenders to suspend himself? Oh my god. <laughs> you are terrible. This is why we're friends. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> if you're gonna go with... Well... Make it a laugh. The thing is, others say he used suspenders. I think it actually was that he used a handkerchief. And this wasn't like a little, like, um... Like a little, like, pocket square no, that I used. full one. Like a... Almost like a scarf, essentially. Which, that would have been more than enough to, you know, tourniquet around his neck. Yeah. Whatever the case, monster of a man, dead. Which, hey, good for that. Good for, good for this monster killing himself. Yeah. Now That's though. a horrible thing to say, but at the same <laughs> time, it's like, if you're a serial killer, you don't, you're not really necessary. Yeah, good for you. You, you, did some, you did some right for the world by offing yourself. Anyway, that's gonna, take that out of context. Jesus <laughs> right. Christ. And we're canceled. Thanks yeah, a lot. Absolutely, for... that's on me. <laughs> thanks for what? Thanks for listening. <laughs> and oh my God. back, back to it before we derail further. A few days later, on December twenty fourth, nineteen twenty four, police went and investigated his house. Took them three days to do all of this, but then again, the man was dead, so it's like, well, we now got to file the dead person's report and all this <laughs> stupid stuff. You know, Merry Christmas. All right. There, the police made a shocking and gruesome discovery. Uh, Everything it gets weird. Yep. Everything that Vincennes had said was true. Denke's de- apartment had been turned into a makeshift meat processing lab. Yeah. With jars full of human flesh and uh, curing salt. Uh, Pickled people. Wait, hang on. I got another one. Hang on. I got another one. Go ahead. So he's a pickled people eater? <laughs> Wait, uh, no, he's dead, so he's a purple people... Purple pickle people eater. There you go. You got it, my man. <laughs> Authorities... Uh, yep, yeah, I think I've got you pretty freaked out here. Just... <laughs> Authorities also found the bloody clothes of victims, as well as piles of bones, along with more cured meat. I hate... Why Why do you do this to me? I hate you. <laughs> the police figured, based on the way the meat was stored, Denke had planned to sell it at his meat shop. Of course he did. 
There was also the ledger, which had offered dates and names with ages ranging from 16 to 76. So he was just all-inclusive with yep. his murder. Uh-huh. And this also confirmed that you know his victims had indeed been vagrants and transient folks no one would miss. There were also discharge papers, both medical and prison. So people who were fresh out of prison or discharged from hospitals, likely, you know, after dealing with uh, possibly mental episodes yeah. or medical issues. Well, 1900s medical issues. Yes. Anyway. Quote, unquote. And it's just going to get worse from here, Tony. So buckle mm. up. You're going to hate me. More. In the kitchen, more pots of human flesh and fat, as well as a couple of tubs of pickled flesh, were found. I'm I'm going I'm letting this is just a sentence. I'm just letting I'm letting this settle for a second because your reactions. They also they also found more meat and discarded bones in the shed that Denke had been using as well. I also found a full report on what the police did find. Thank you, Murderpedia, for that one. Please do tell what did they find, Tim. Let's see. <laughs> Now there is, now they, they thought he made that. It, here, here in the third pot were found numerous pieces of human skin and parts of the aorta in a gelatinous mass. A bowl, You're an aorta. <laughs> a bowl on the table in his room was filled with amber-colored fat that appeared to be human. Biological test gave a weak, positive result for the presence of human protein. In the shed in which the meat pieces were found, we also a barrel of full of bones that was cleaned of tendons, muscles, etc., but most probably had ever been priorly cooked. The investigation initially revealed the existence of six forearm bones, which means that they belonged to three people at least. Another traces were found behind the shed. A part of the leg remained in the pond that Denke had dug many years before, and also skeletal pieces were uncovered in a local forest. And here's a full list of what had been sent to us from examination. 16 femurs, of which one pair of remarkably strong ones, two pairs of very thin ones, six pairs, and two left femurs. This is English translation of German, so it's going to sound like broken English. I'm going to say this right now. No, that's just Tim's actual speaking voice. (laughs) He's terrible at it. 15 medium-sized pieces of long bones, four pairs of elbow bones, Seven heads of radii, so wrists. Nine lower parts of radii. Eight lower parts of the elbow. A pair of upper shin bone. A pair of lower elbows of radii of extremities which remain, which still remain connected. A pair of upper arms and a pair of upper arm heads. So, so, you know, the ball and socket. Okay. A pair of collarbones. Two shoulder blades, eight heels and ankle bones, 120 toes and phalanx, 65 feet and metacarpal bones, five first ribs and 150 pieces of ribs, broken down probably. All bones with the exception of a few were very light, porous, and fatless. In the municipal forests remained... As well, parts of a spine and four parts of a clean, dissected male pelvis, which on one side showed traces of saw cutting. Only one piece of head bone was found. This is a piece of the inferior petrosal sinus area, jagged on the front side, so right around your nose, I want to say. It looks broken and bears visible signs of a sharp sawing on its top. The piece of bone is cross-marked with ink. Then, what was he doing with all those bones? Well, he had to get rid of them somehow. Oh, and let's see. I have a few. I have a few more. I'm gonna just jump down to um, the last one. Among Denke suspenders, three pairs were made of human skin. They're about Ugh. six centimeters wide and seventy centimeters long. The leather is not smooth and at one spot broken. It seems not tanned, but only free of sub-skin tissue and dried. At one spot, it is obvious that he made the cuts under the nipples, which are still clearly visible. 
four are patched with a skin taken from the pubic area. Some traces of loose nits were also louse nits, louse nits were also discerned under microscope. All suspenders show traces of use, and one of them, Denke, was found on himself. He was wearing a pair of his own creation. I don't like this anymore. <laughs> yeah. This is way Can darker. Can I go home? This is way I want dark. to go home. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus this is way darker than Nanny Doss, dude, and she killed Hannibal him. Lecter's been is probably like eh, that's mm, impressive. Jesus How many suspender sets? Eh, he was he was wearing one set. There was at least three sets that they found. That's five too many. Exactly. Now that I'm gonna stop with the police report right there because oh, it's yeah, th- pretty please, massive. Thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. You're you're over Dick. there. You're over there. Just you're over there. Just ugh. I don't know whether I want to throw up, or if I just want to jump out a window. Um, well, the bathroom is to your right, so if you want to go throw up, it's right there. Don't jump out a window, please. I'll throw up on your bed. Please don't. <laughs> I'm gonna have your cat throw up on your bed. Asshole. Your cat, yes. <laughs> Lab work on the findings from Denke's apartment, as well as his stomach contents, did come to the conclusion that Carl had, in fact, eaten human flesh. Of course he did. And I do have some photos of some of the uh, grisly effects. I swear to God, if you say you have the nipple suspenders in there. I'm not certain, but there is one with a pair of shoes. Oh, that's adorable. Uh, there's okay, the, that's just the equipment. There's the equipment. There's the, equipment. the there's Jesus. the there's the pickaxe, the saw, the knives, and a bowl of fat. That is not a pleasant pick. That that's not a Minecraft pickaxe. That's that's no. a murder weapon pickaxe. That, there's of... no other reason for that thing to exist. Oh, absolutely. That's very much. <laughs> Tony is <laughs> looking at a photo of the cured flesh. <laughs> Also, these will be available on our Instagram. We will have to absolutely try to... I don't think I want to put these on the Instagram. (laughs) There's there's the suspenders. There's the suspenders. Okay, that's adorable. That's... I have to get a new phone now. I have to burn this phone and get a new phone. Oh, my my Google search history is fucked, Oh, I'm sure your FBI agent is very curious as to what the fuck you're thinking and doing. Yeah, my search history is not pretty. Uh, oh, I can't send that one. Dang Life it. hack, a, if you never want any telemarketers to ever call you, look up this stuff. No one will ever contact you ever again. Exactly. <laughs> Life hack. Now, I do have one last photo. And, and it's not grouped together, so it's something horrible. It is the only known photo of Carl Denke after he killed himself. Oh, God. That's the only photo we have of him. Oh, no. He looks like Hagrid from Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a... And you can definitely see by the looks of him, he was not a little guy. No, he wasn't. He, it, again, Hagrid. With yep. less hair on now, his head. Now, there are, um... There are there are other photos that say that, that you know, that shows another oh, guy oh, wearing yeah. a hat that says this is Carl Denke. Um, yeah. No, that's actually a different German serial killer who was... It was actually active during the same time as Carl Denke. We'll get... Also, maybe they collaborated on something, you know, bonded over some stew. Mm. On on December twenty fifth, Christmas Day, so newspapers broke. Now I'll say now a reason why new, uh, newspapers are active on Christmas Day in Germany is that their Christmas celebration is earlier in December compared yep. to ours. So I believe uh, it's like the fourteenth or fifteenth, the fifth and sixth. Okay. Way early, like yeah. twenty days. So right, so it's a normal day for them. So, but on on Christmas Day for us, the news yeah. broke out about what Carl Denke had done and the horrors he had committed. For roughly a week or so, the sales of meat dropped. Oh yeah. Could you imagine that? Just everybody throwing up and fainting and throwing out all their meat because it, they were afraid it might have been human flesh. <sighs> <laughs>
Now, with all that being said, don't eat other people. <laughs> like, legitimately. I feel like that should go unwarranted, but yes, please don't, to our viewers, don't eat other people. Don't send us photos of you eating other people either. Don't, don't do, do any that. Of, for the love of God, please don't. Like, yeah, don't we, don't send a selfie of you over stew like, Grandma's delicious. Uh, you know, I actually hate to admit oh, this. Oh, Jesus Christ. But when I learned about, when I learned about Carl Denke, I was actually eating a lunch on one of my days off, and it was with a shepherd's pie. So I, my timing was... Did you throw it away? No, I kept eating. Okay, then. I think we need to go off there and have a discussion. I'm a fucking monster sometimes in my own accord. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and get out here before I get murdered by Sweeney Todd. Nah. Um, I would, because I would never dare, because this next bit is actually kind of, you know, the dangers of cannibalism, like why you really shouldn't do it. I Because people don't. Don't people, don't eat people. I mean, besides being on the wrong side of, you know, many different levels, both, you know, religious, spiritual, full on just wrong on so many ways, cannibalism can actually cause severe harm to the human body. Re my, and it I turned just, into a Wendigo. <laughs> there's that. And also, as I, and as I mentioned, like, my Google history is fucked. Like, at this point, it's just going to get weirder. Like, I actually looked up, like, I actually, I audibly, I actually typed in effects of human cannibalism. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> at least you, at least you wrote it like that and you were like, how much do I cook for eight people? I mean, I could ask the Donner Party. Hmm. <sighs> okay. Oh. But anyway. First, no, no, you, you go ahead and finish this one. I'm going <laughs> to go ahead and go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's back. I hate you. All right. So, first things first, the average human the average human body can yield over 125,000 calories. With the average That's like three Big Macs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you got me there. <laughs> with the average muscle mass being almost 33,000 calories. That seems like a lot, but compare that to a cow which yields almost 100,000 calories in muscle mass alone. Jesus. So, I mean, hell, woolly mammoths, they could yield over 1 million calories. All of this mainly Over for... 1 million calories. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> All of this mainly for a group or tribe back in oh, the yeah. old caveman yeah. days. Yeah. So, you know, people would obviously go after bigger game and not other people. I mean... There's also, I think there's, I think I saw something where it was like, oh, uh, Neanderthals, one of the other, uh, one of the other, you know, Homo sapien creatures. Yeah, one of the offshoots of Homo was, sapien was uh, were cannibalized by Homo sapien back in the day. I think. Uh, mm. this was ancient man. I, this was ancient peoples. I'm not going to. I didn't, you know, speculate, study, go into yeah, it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't look further into it because I was like, my my, <laughs> it's already fucked as it is. <laughs> Further, further on this one, cannibalism can make you physically sick, especially if you eat a diseased brain, which could get you, which could cause you to get Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease or CJD. It's a it's a fatal degenerative brain disorder caused by misfolded proteins called prions in the brain, which can block signals along the pathways to the brain, and thus your brain will slowly kill itself. I, so it, it I, I don't have any words for any of this i i feel i f they actually found they actually there was they actually you know discovered about this um cjd when an epidemic of a of a similar disease called kuru was affecting the fare tribe of papua new guinea back in the 1950s the Fare people practiced a form of ritualized funerary cannibalism, where after someone had passed away, they would cook and eat the cadaver so as yep. to free their spirit and, you know, make them make them one with each other sort of thing. So that scene of from Pirates of the Caribbean, where Jack's About to be sacrificed. Yeah, that, e? that isn't in totally... 
insane. No, but different location because that's the Caribbean. Papua New Guinea is over in. Well, the- yeah, obviously, but I mean, I. Okay, I thought that was just sort of some goofy shtick they decided to. No. Nah. Play with there was that like legitimately okay. there's there's some rea- there's some reality to the fiction. So I'm gonna go ahead and start marking off places I'm not visiting. Yeah. Papua New Guinea. Well, luckily though, luckily like they, I'll say I'll say this in short. I'll say this: the uh, they've stopped the funerary cannibalistic yeah. practices. Yeah. Like I, I don't think. But uh, but and this the, as Kuru as I mentioned that the epidemic itself it's a it's also a neurodegenerative disease that is also fatal can cause you to lose control of your motor functions as well as unconscious reactions like breathing. Hell, <laughs> hell it's hell it's even hell it's even called like the laughing disease because some people will actually just uncontrollably laugh while their brain just kills itself. Don't eat brains. There you go. My god. <laughs> <laughs> now and they've stopped the funerary cannibalistic practice because they they were like, oh, this is bad. Like, <laughs> oh, but, eating brains is bad. Oh, but the outbreak did help with understanding with understanding CJD a lot oh, more. Yeah, like, the, the 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 we would not have you know learned more about it had it not been for this tribe. And <laughs> now I'm also not, let's not forget about you know the various organs like kidneys and livers because what are their functions? What's a to kid- filter diseases and poisons. And to, to filter waste out of your body. To, to filter out your alcohol after you've had too much to drink at the strip club. Exactly. And that just sounds disgusting. Like, I would not want... That just sounds disgusting. Like, it's legitimately a... It's a trash bag filter. It's a trash bag sponge that yeah. just, like, needs to be wringed out. I don't no, want to even do no, that. No, it's like... You know your uh, grate or your um, little catch at the bottom of your sink? Yes. It's just you're you're you take all that crap that accumulates in there and you just eat that. That's what you're doing. That's what the that's what the liver and kidneys are because it's all because unless you live a clean life, not worth it. But as as I just said, in short of all this, just don't eat other people. It is it is a it is very much just disgusting and wrong. And I really do think that people who I really do believe that cannibalism is very much like. As we discussed in the Wendigo series, you truly do lose your humanity. Like once you have, consumed yeah, it's not it, even a spirituality because neither you or I are very spiritual. Yeah, we're not spiritual religious. people. Yeah, that's just nasty. Exactly. Like I don't, I don't judge you if you eat, you know, cow eye or pig, you know, all the weird stuff people eat. Yeah, ham hock or cow tongue. Yeah, chicken I, feet. There's actually. Oh yeah, no, I've seen chicken. But that's one thing. Don't eat Phil. Yeah. Don't eat Steve. Don't eat Tony. <laughs> I just wanted that. I just wanted that face. I just wanted your face just to go. I feel like we should have taken a picture of that one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I were to take a photo of you right now, that'd be way too appropriate because I have Saturn eating his child by Goya behind by, by Goya behind you. That is that'd be way too fucking appropriate right now. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Mike. So I'm going to go ahead and end this episode now. Uh, no, I've got... No, a, no! I have, a f- I have a few more things to go off of, man. <laughs> you already covered eating brains. Like... I mean, I mean, the thing is, Denki eventually went into obscurity. Which, I'm saying, one, that's a good thing, and two, they got brought back for... Got brought back for... And Anyway... There were there was, as I mentioned, there was another high-profile serial killer case happening at the same time in Hanover with the killer Fritz Harman awaiting his 1925 execution. So, that was okay. going on. Plus, I mean, this was the 1920s. So soon there was the Great Recession happened, and the Nazis rose to power in Germany, and eventually World War II happened, and then Poland annexed the land that became that was Zabitza from Germany. It was a whole mess. And then Germany took Poland, and... The, and, the, like, legitimately, the, that, the area that uh, Denke lived in 
it went Germany, Poland, Germany, Poland, Germany, like a couple of times before finally Russia. Landed, before Wait, no. <laughs> before landing on Poland. Yeah, that's where it stopped. Just insanity. But you know, how did he come back? How did he get brought back to modern times? In 1999. <laughs> okay. Yep. Uh, Some 70-odd years later. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about this yeah. guy again. Uh, Lucina Bialy, the curator of the Silesian Library of Rotslav, which, by the way, it looks like Roklaw, W-R-O-C-L-A-W, but because it's Polish, yeah. it is very different. So it's I actually had to put a... I actually had to put a uh, phonetic right next to it. So it's Rotswaf. Otherwise, I would have said Rotsklaw. <laughs> but it's it's Rotsklaw University. Had been doing, she'd been doing research on German newspapers from the 1920s when she came across several articles about Karl Denke, which she then set to work looking for as much information as she could about this unknown killer. Her findings were soon published in two of Poland's newspapers... Which what brought nice. everything, and then in the summer of 1999, from July to August, the Household Equipment Museum had an exhibit that featured some photos and the tools that Denke had used on his victims. I was gonna say, I swear, if this woman found his nipple suspenders, I actually, I actually, um, apparently there were about 1,200 photos taken of the crime scene. 1,200. 1,200 photos. Ah, oh, man. I was... They actually had one of, like, his... Uh, I thought I had one of his apartment. It is messy. Like, it's... It's bad. Course, I mean, this has all been bad, but I'm like... It is It is a mess. Like, you actually see all the... You actually see yeah, all, like, no, the, he's a cannibal. Yeah, but let's talk about how messy his apartment was. Oh, uh, like... Let's you talk like, about that. You see, a, like, you see a, like, like, full-on, like ceramic pots and everything just all over the place like those are those are full you just know that they're full or at least there's residue yeah i just grossed myself out (laughs) jesus christ you know this this definitely does make me wonder though because he was almost in obscurity it makes me wonder what other dark and nefarious things are out there in this world real things like Real human monsters like Denke, who have been left under the radar for decades, probably even centuries. Yeah. We'll never know. Yeah. And I mean, I think I was watching one of those various Netflix white woman aphrodisiacs of serial killer documentaries. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong on that statement. I'm funny. <laughs> funny enough, I was at work one day in the break room and they had South Park on and South oh. Park actually... And South Park had an episode where the um, where the parents of all the kids were murder, like murder, sex, porn, murder, sex, porn, murder, murder, sex, porn. They're like our murder porn is gone, and they, the kids had just controlled the yeah. They can the kid controlled it. It was I was just like oh my god, this is way too this is way too on point for but, modern for modern people's obsession with true crime. But it, what I was saying was, and one of those documentaries. I think it was one of the ones that was happening during the 70s, you know, Dahmer mm-hmm. and, you know, the prime of murder. Yeah. At one point, there were a known, like, 120, 130 known serial killers. Just out and about. Active at the time, yeah. Active at the time. I don't feel like that number has gone down, because the only thing that has risen is our pop. Like, our population has just boomed as a species that number has gone up that absolutely has gone up i mean, hell recently um recently i was they had the news playing on um one of the tvs in one of the break rooms yeah. at work and there was actually um like the long island killer Oh yeah, had finally they, yeah, been, they just finally, finally been caught. Found, found him yeah or at least they think that they, they they they're have pretty sure massive person of interest that's his yeah so yeah, I mean, and it's it's nice because most of these documentaries seem to sort of be spurring the attention of hey, this person's still out there. Because mm-hmm. the most famous one I know of 
I know we're sort of diverting from our main attraction of well, Mr. Danky. If I'll be honest, um, I don't have anything else. Okay, so, so oh, I guess we can probably end on this one. We have our closing. This is our closing thoughts and pleasantries. Yeah. That's what I have in mind. Closing ple- pleasantries. That sounds familiar. Pretty much. That's. A, I, it's not opening pleasantries, but it's close. Yeah, I put it down here on this as like you know closing thoughts and pleasantries or closing thoughts but, and BS. Like, but don't you, you know, um, the, the killer you're talking about? You know the comedian Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Yeah. His wife that passed away. Yes. 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 Golden State Killer. Yep. Yes. She is the reason that man was caught. Mm-hmm. She absolutely, 100% full credit to her and the group of, you know, web sleuths that figured it out and, and well, did also, this string theory thing of following it and they actually got him. It was actually also with the DNA test. Yeah, and the DNA, I mean... The cops never, it was, he was like Danky. It was just some guy that, yeah, he could have, maybe, maybe not. It sort of lines up, sort of doesn't. Yeah. And then all, you know, Oswald's uh, passed, uh, passed away wife and all these other web sleuths that are still alive. I can't remember the names, but they did the typical, that string theory thing that people, you know, paranoid, schizophrenic yeah. people, you know, oh, this means this and this means that. Actually meant it. Yeah. And... That's, it's nice to see that, you know. I remember when that happened. Uh, I remember uh, Patton Oswald actually tweeted, mm-hmm. like, saying, we got him. Yep. And for his wife. And I I'm remember like, that watching was, that. That was, like, I, I was like, oh, my, my yeah. heart. Yeah. My heart. And I'm a huge fan of Patton, and my wife was a huge fan of his wife's. And of him, of him obviously. He's We're a, both fans of, of him as he's a comedian. A, he's a very funny guy. But his wife was just so, she seemed so bombastically intelligent about it and literate and we need more people like that doing that kind of thing. That type of research. That type of research. Because the cops are bound by their protocol. You know, people that are on the web, I mean, a lot of it is speculation. They get a lot of stuff wrong, obviously. But but a lot of it can lead to the right people. Yeah. Or at least to more evidence that can lead to the right people. So I just, I've, I've, as much as I hate serial killers and I, I like knowing what they've done, but I don't like, like knowing what they've done. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. Like I have a very... I have a very dark and morbid curiosity about the things yeah. that go bump in the night. It, that the stuff that you, the stuff that you're not, because you and I were both raised in Southern families, uh-huh. and the, one of the main things is you don't have unpleasant conversation. This stuff is arguably very unpleasant conversation, oh, yeah. and because it's such a taboo thing to yeah. me, I'm like, I want to know more about it. Yeah. So I'm willing to go down that that and, very morbid rabbit hole just to. Just to satiate the dark uh, curiosity, and it's it's not even curiosity for me. It's more, it's more like no. It's it's like the the old adage of knowing history so we don't repeat it. Exactly. I want to know what these people have done, so I, so I know what the human species is capable of in a villainous form. So it's like we don't have a limit as a species in terms of doing harm oh yeah i know this again kind of metaphorical and you know, little, philosophical but not trying to get preach your philosophical no, not but to, it just happens but yeah it's like this stuff happened mm-hmm. danky was a human danky did this there there's evidence there's proof there's there's exhibits of it for god's sake there was the fact that it was in a farm equipment museum i'm like yeah. how much that was a yeah that's not much of a uh how yeah. much of a museum i have to argue i mean yeah but i mean knowing what we've done as a human species i think can help us in the future because we know what we've been capable of beforehand Mm -hmm. and i think that's something that we need to never really forget big time because even our if our darkest people get thrown into the darkness and forgotten it's gonna come back absolutely i mean how that's why I'll be honest, that's kind of one reason why I did want to take up history when I was mm-hmm. in college, because I wanted to know 
I wanted to know what the evils are of the world, and there have been a lot of evils. Like, this is just one man. There's been groups of people. There's a lot of stuff that we could cover later on in episodes. I'm not going to even list them out right now. And I'm sure most people that are listening, I'm, I'm hoping they're decently intelligent people. And they can immediately think of at least two or three things because there's three things that come to mind for me. I've got quite, a, I've got quite a few, probably on the same wavelength as you. Yeah. So, but yeah, trying to end on a <laughs> note. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Don't eat people. Yeah. Don't so, eat. study no. history, understand where we as a species have come from, and don't eat people. Don't eat people. Don't eat brains. Definitely don't eat brains. Don't eat people though. And also definitely look at history through an, uh, I keep getting them confused, subjective or objective. Essentially, look at it through a non-biased lens. Like, yeah. history happened. Yeah. Like, look at it through a non-biased lens and just go, yeah. oh. And don't take an extreme side. Just go, yeah. that happened. Just read it and understand it. Sometimes, sometimes, Occam, sometimes Occam's razor, you know, the simplest solution is the, is sometimes is the, is the right answer is that's just it. But with that all being said, what do we have for our next episode, Tony? Well, on our next episode, I think we've decided we are going to end this episode 10 as the end of season 1. Yep. So, unfortunately, you get two of these episodes per season, you son of a bitch. (laughs) I'm going to talk about frogs one time and just let you strap your ass to a chair and make you listen. Gross. (laughs) Yeah, so it was eating people, but you know, here I am. (laughs) (laughs) but on the episode one season two i think we should tackle a absolute legend of the cryptic community Mm -hmm. she has a name she has a gender even i say we tackle nessie all righty then all righty then let's bring it in (laughs) (laughs) so yeah all right Now, thank you all for listening to Tall and Short with Tim and Tony. We Um, hope you enjoyed this episode. And, uh, you know, let us know what you think. Drop a rate and review. Comment on YouTube. We're on YouTube, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever you... Kind of where you find everything. Talk about how Tim might be a cannibal. I'm just (laughs) throwing that out in the airwaves. See how that goes. And now send us an email to tallandshortpod at gmail.com. That's T-A-L-L-A-N-D-S-H-O-R-T-P-O-D at gmail.com. That's also uh, down in the uh, show description. I also want to say, also, and I completely forgot this at the top of the show, our logo is oh, yeah. pretty cool looking. Yeah, it's, I, that, it's uh, a very don't don't open dead inside. Pretty much. Style, I that, like it. That is a that was what I had in my head. I asked my friend Brittany to uh, make it, and she did a fantastic job. So logo by Brittany Miller, very good friend of mine. Glad to have her around. Thank you very much, Brittany, for that. And I I almost forgot to plug that for this one. My yeah. goodness. So yeah, we are on. Yeah, and and our, yeah, our, don't our, yeah follow us on our socials. Yeah, Tall and Short Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Still working on that one. Still yeah, gotta work on that one. We've got the Instagram. We're Instagram's running. Facebook is in process. By the time this episode's out, we'll probably have Facebook up and running. Facebook properly done. Whatever the case. Thank you, everyone. Have an amazing day. Don't kill people and pickle their meat. And be sure to join us for more Tall and Short. Bye!